Hello everyone and welcome to the Vassals of Kingsgrave and today we will be discussing the 2014 mockumentary film What We Do in the Shadows uh, directed and written by Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi and the 2019 television spin-off of the same directed by same. My name is Peter, I'm also known as Shellfish and uh, today I'm joined by Xander Hello, um, Xander, also known as the Lord Baron. And Jack. And Sarah. Hey, it's Sarah, aka Dr. Blood. And Abby. Hi, it's Abby. And we may be joined later on by Tanya and Bina. Uh, Tanya aka Silence and Bina aka Bina007. I believe Bina is watching kickball at present and not able to join us quite yet. <laughs> so anyway, uh, what we do in the shadows is obviously a story, sort of a com comedy about vampires and the trials and tribulations they go through in their daily lives. So I think we could start in true Vassals of Kingsgrave fashion and go into uh, ratings, um, uh, starting with the movie. Xander, how many pints of blood would you give the movie? Out of how many? Yeah. <laughs> um, how many pints of blood are there in a human body? So... <laughs> Just wondering. Abby, how many? Is Abby the... Why would I... Excuse me. Wow. Because you, you did you that whole project on the edible human. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Your body has about 10 of pints of blood. Really? Yes. So uh, at least healthline.com like says that 10 pints of blood. Abby, I, I figured it was one of your nutritional calculations. I apologize for my assumption. That project uh, was mostly focused on the meat of the body, so of blood. Of blood. Okay. So, how many pints of blood out of ten, Xander? <laughs> um, so for the movie, I'd give it a solid seven, eight out of ten pints of blood. Seven to eight or seven point eight? This is important. Seven slash eight. Seven eight. <laughs> Hmm. Okay. And the show? The show I'd give 10 out of 10 pints of blood. 10 out of 10, so you really like it. Is this one of your favorite yeah. shows? Uh, yeah, kind of, I would think. Yeah, it's pretty exciting and fun, and not much bad to say about it. That's uh, out in 2019, so it's been around for a while. Even though it doesn't feel like it. Okay, um, Sarah, how many pints of blood would you give the assorted media in the What We Do in the Shadows family? So, first of all, feeling really glad that I watched the movie last night because I had never seen it before. Oh, um, nice, very good. <laughs> so, fresh, freshly, freshly watched. I would give it, I think, probably the same as Xander, like somewhere between a seven and an eight. Um, I enjoyed it a lot probably closer to an eight actually i think because the um premise was so like original i felt so um 
I liked it. And the show, I would give a 9 out of 10 because I enjoy it very, very much most of the time. But every once in a while, there's something that just, like, hits a wrong note for me. Um, and, yeah, so I think that, that keeps it from being a 10 out of 10. But overall, I, I really, really enjoy the show. Probably more so than the movie because of the characters rather than the, um, the execution, I think. Oh, thank you. Very good. Yeah, the, uh, I suppose giving the movie some points for the original idea and kind of like getting it all started is, is warranted. Mm-hmm. Okay, Abby, can we have your pint of blood ratings now? Um, apparently when I, cause I, I just went and ranked it on Letterboxd cause I watched it again the other day and my original rating of the movie was a four out of five. And I think having watched it again, I would probably give it like Dan, maybe like a 7.5 out of 10. Um, I think it's quite slow. I think the show also has this problem where at the beginning it's quite slow, but like, oh my God, the werewolves and Stu are just, I love them so much. That they just like carry the movie. Um, and then <laughs> yeah. the show, the show, I think I'd give it maybe, um, an eight out of ten. Um, I found the first couple episodes to be really slow and kind of boring, but like after the first half of season one, I thought it really picked up. And yeah, like Sarah said, there's, there's a couple times when it's just like, eh, but most of the time, like I'm laughing pretty hard. So I would say, what did I say? An eight? I'd probably give it like an eight or an 8.5. Cool. It's quite a big change from going from a 4 to a 7. I do hope that there's no social pressure for you to like this show. Now that all the other no, it was a 4 out of 5. It. A 4 out of 5. It's a 4 wow. out of 5, so that's like an 8. So I like dropped it point like 0.5 on the rewatch. Okay, well that's not so significant then. I withdraw my accusation. Uh, and uh, Jack? Um, I'd give the movie an 8 out of 10. It's a pretty clever deconstruction of the vampire stereotype. So, uh, um, and there's also feminist undertones to it and how um, women haven't been well represented in the vampire genre. In the movie? Yeah. Okay, well, we, we can go more into that once we hit the characters. And uh, what about the TV show? The show um, does it goes away from the deconstruction and emphasizes the silliness, which I love. Um, it's pretty much one of the funniest shows on TV, in my opinion. So I'll give it a 9 out of 10 because it's less deep than the movie but um, I think it's a lot funnier because I like silly things yeah I think that's a I can agree with that I think I'm pretty much in the same boat as you guys on this that I uh, I really like the uh, both the movie and the TV show probably do like the TV show more than the movie but there's still something that's kind of holding me back from giving it like a perfect rating so I would probably give it uh, give the show 9 pints of blood out of 10 and the movie as it is a little slower uh, and uh, yeah I would probably give it a 7 7 out of 10 
but yeah that there's a I do feel like there's a difference in tone between the two to the the movie and the show and I just wonder if that might have something to do with like uh being set in New Zealand and sort of like the tone of the movie reminded me kind of of the flight of the concourse i mean it has some some other same people in it it's the same actors oh, and creators yeah. and it has that sort of like uh much more of a kind of awkward comedy sort of style and uh as you guys said it is it is quite slow at times but i think it kind of it's not afraid to take its time to be slow and kind of like it leans more into the mockumentary genre than the tv show i do think yeah i think um like they even mention it in the movie like they're like oh there's 60 vampires in all of wellington so the the scale is a lot smaller i think um which allows it to take its time more whereas the show i mean it doesn't take place in new york city but you know it's staten island so it's got a more i don't want to say like exciting world but more there's just more people <laughs> active maybe yeah active yeah there's more going on um No offense to people in New Zealand, but your country is quite small. I can't imagine that um it has like you know I just I feel like the city of Wellington I've never been, but it just it looks quite small. <laughs> and I think that's the capital, right? I mean, I think part of that is um I mean, obviously like the show has to expand the premise, right? And and put but I the show is a lot more um like manic in a lot of ways like i think all of the stakes are raised and oh, even description. yeah like even having just you know an orgy instead of like hey we need to get into a bar you know what i mean like everything is just amped up really really high in the show so it's i mean maybe if we had seen those characters in like a higher stakes context it it would have felt similar but yeah i don't i don't know that it's i mean i agree with it being like partly the setting but i think it's also just like what they chose to have them encountering and and kind of dealing with because like even the even the party that they go to at the end is just kind of like in a rec room you know <laughs> like it's not <laughs> yeah. um I which i guess is sort of the point the production value as well because I did notice that I mean their house is kind of dilapidated and kind of shitty and I guess their outfits as well but in the yeah. TV show I noticed that they do have very nice clothes a lot of the time and I guess the special effects are kind of intense at times as well or very elaborate so I don't I'm yeah. not sure about the budget from either work though That may be I mean I I feel like it was I mean, you know, obviously, like, maybe it was an artistic choice that was forced by budget, but I do think that, like, the mundanity, like, there's this sort of, like, basic everydayness of the movie was, like, part of the point, like, that it yeah, was just kind of, like... Yeah, they go out chips and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, like, that it was just kind of, like, this daily grind of being a vampire, which you're like, what? <laughs> like, and I, I feel like the show started out that way with the house meeting, but then it very rapidly, like, like turned up the dial to, to more absurdity and more... Um, Yeah, but perhaps the, yeah. the social economic status of the Staten Island vampires is slightly higher than the ones in Wellington, though. Like they, uh, <laughs> I guess the, their house looks a lot nicer, and maybe they're better positioned in the vampire society as well. I don't know. I, don't I guess we yeah, can fan wank it any way we want, but it might have been the budget as well. Did anybody watch the original short film, What We Do in the Shadows? Uh, I have not seen that, and I heard some whispers of it in the 
discords and such, but I didn't really look into it. Can you uh, briefly explain what the short film is? Um, so the short film, it's... Uh, I don't remember when they made it. Obviously a few years before the actual film, but it was still Jermaine and um, Taika. Um, it's only like 28 minutes or something like that. It's pretty much what the film is. And I think that's why the actual film seems to be a little slower because they, you know, made a short film into a full length feature. Um, but yeah, it pretty much, it pretty much, um, is just the, the same story, same kind of characters and ideas. But I think that is why they, um, signed off to do a TV show because they knew they had like this good idea that people enjoyed, but they were, they've done it twice. So they're already done with it kind of thing. Yep. I mean, on the, on Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement, uh, writers are somehow involved with the TV show though, but they're not. I think they're executive and... producers. Uh, so that's yeah, Jermaine Clement wrote some of the episodes. Oh, I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah Jermaine, Jermaine Clement was um, a lot more involved in the first season. Um, well, he shows up obviously in the Taika, season. Oh, yeah, they both do have cameos. Yeah. Um, but then Taika Waititi was obviously doing Marvel shit, so... He's moved on. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, Abby, you said that the, the werewolves and Stu really, like, carried the film for you. Can you go more into that? Yeah, I think like because I mean even with the show, I a lot of the like I there we'll probably get into the characters later, but on their own most of the characters kind of don't interest me, and it's more about like the how they play off of each other. And so I think with the movie, it's like funny like I didn't find most of the vampires that compelling, but I just thought like their love for Stu was so wholesome, and like the werewolves are so wholesome, and so I think they really. <laughs> yeah. They really elevate yeah, like the movie the because, the like, I think I like them. Um, killing them to yeah, get, like, stretchy pants and stuff like that. Yeah, he's like, like, you know, we're werewolves, not swearwolves and everything, you know. But, um, I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's more just, um, I don't, I don't even know, like, because I like um, Taika Waititi's character. He's very, like, wholesome, you know. He, I like his, you know, his, he, when he takes his victims, he's like, oh, I want to make it all nice for them and everything. But I think, um... I don't know, I just, like, I think, I find, I don't know how to, like, explain this, like, especially, I think a lot of the characters um, are very similar the, in, between the, the vampires in the show and the vampires in the movie, like, um, Nandor is, like, pretty much Taika Waititi's character, but, like, with a more exciting backstory, but, like, their actual personalities are pretty much the same, you know, and um, they don't have, a, a like, a woman in the house, so that's, like, the one change up, but beyond that, I think that all the characters are pretty similar. Yeah, it's sort of... Do you really? Almost like a... I do agree with that in a way. When I started watching the show after watching the movie, I felt that sort of... I felt almost like a soft reboot in a way. That's like you had the sort of the dandy in Laszlo and and the Taika Waititi's character who's, who is named um, Viago. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess those characters kind of feel... Uh, similar in their archetypes, I guess, but I guess Nadia and Deke are not very similar. Well, it goes as far as um, they even tried to have Matt Berry in the pilot episode have the same facial 
haircut as um, Jemaine Clement's character in the movie. Oh. Like the uh, sort of handlebar mustache and the soul patch. Yeah, kind of. But wouldn't, I mean, if we're mapping, like, wouldn't Jermaine Clement's character be more like um, Nandor? Yeah, I think so. Like the sort of warrior or like the... Yeah. Yeah. Medieval. But I think think backstory-wise, yes. But if we see the actual, like, character and his interactions, he's very... Viago and Nandor are, like, pretty much... I mean, they're not, like, a one-for-one comparison, but they have this very... They're both very naive and, like... Sort of fussy and soft-spoken. Yeah. Yeah, like, they're both, like... I mean, Nandor, like, tries to be more um, menacing, but it's... Sorry, I don't know if you can hear my neighbors are doing some work upstairs, so sorry about that. But, like, Nandor tries to be more menacing, but he's not really, like able to do it and he just comes off as this like naive little like I don't know I just found them very similar yeah I do feel like there are some similarities there definitely Um, I suppose yeah when we have the sort of familiar familiar character in both both stories as well and um, actually the uh, what's her name in the movie Jackie, Jackie uh, Deacon's familiar. I felt like she was my favorite character in the movie because she was just so ruthless and sort of like, I don't know, sort of cold and kind of kind of cheerful at the same time. And I found that interesting and funny. I think, yeah, I liked her as a familiar better than Guillermo, I think, because she did have that kind of like servility to her, but she was also much more aggressively self-serving than... Guillermo, um, like, I don't dislike Guillermo. Abby is throwing me shade in the chat. Like, I, <laughs> I like him. I just, I felt like she was more, um, more engaging. Just, and I, I can see where her character sort of turned into parts of Nadia, too. Like, if they brought that kind of, like, you know, aggressive female energy into it. Um, uh, yeah, I liked her a lot, too. Cool. Well, if um, does anyone else have anything to do, say about like in comparing the show and the movie, or would you like to go into characters now? Sounds like we can do characters. Yeah. It does sound like that. Would anyone like to uh, <laughs> pick a character to talk about first, or shall we just go down the list? Should we just pick favorites? Do you think? Yeah. Sure. Which one of the blood-sucking fiends in this show do you like? Nandor is my favorite. I will, I will start, and I will say he is absolutely my favorite. I think he's adorable and ridiculous, and he—I don't know. One of the things that you know, not to sound sort of puritanical about this, but like one of the things that that bothers me a little bit about the show is that I feel like sometimes they play the grotesque sexuality a little bit too freely. Like, I, I just, I, oh, I don't like know, it just gets excessive. Uh, gardening projects and stuff like that? Yeah, like, it's just, I don't know. It, it's just, I just, it's not a it's not a humor that appeals to me. Not because I, you know, find it offensive or anything, but it's just like, it just feels too easy, I think. And I and I think that 
the Nadia Laszlo dynamic like gets a little bit too, and especially Laszlo like gets a little bit too far into that sometimes. Um, yeah. and it just like kind of hits wrong for me. Um, but Nandor is like, is a very different brand and he's much more like the absurdist kind of like fish out of water, you know, like the, the creepy paper I think is like the quintessential, <laughs> like, yeah. like Nandor moment for me. And, and you know, that creepy he's like, paper. creepy paper, creepy paper, woo, monkey pack. <laughs> um, but yeah, or like that he wears glitter because he wants to look like, t- like, I don't know, that kind of stuff, just like that absurdity, just, um, tickles me a lot more than, than some of the other stuff that like, that, um, Oslo and Nadia get into. So that's why he's my favorite. Plus he loves his horse and that just made me really happy. So. John. John. Yeah. No, I totally agree John. with Sarah. Like, I mean, I, I think Nadia is actually my favorite character, um, vampire. I think Guillermo is my favorite character, but out of the vampires, I like Nadia the most, but I like her independent of Lazo. Like, I'm really sorry, Xander. I know that you really like Lazo, but he, <laughs> is my least favorite. Like, he's funny, but I don't, like, it's, it's not like I'm not into crude humor, but it's just, like, I feel like his plots are always the same, whereas, like, Nandor and Nadja have... Can you distill what the plots for Laszlo always are, if it's, if they're always the same? Laszlo is horny. And <laughs> that is true. wants to solve the problem. <laughs> Whereas, like, Nadja, we have all the stuff with um, Jonah Hill's sister, which I really liked, and um, Jesk. And I just, you know, I just, I feel like she has a lot more da- uh, depth. Like, she just, she's more well-rounded, whereas Laszlo is more like, okay, Laszlo likes sex and being fancy and his wife. And that's, that's kind of it. Whereas, like, yeah. Nandor is like, okay, Nandor was this warrior, and now, you know, he also, um, <laughs> he likes basketball, and he, you know, wants to be seen as this fierce warrior, but he also is, like, a gentle soul who likes his horse, John. <laughs> and, like, I mean, I think most of the stuff that I like about Nandor is actually just the way that he plays off of the other characters. Like, I, I don't know if, like, on his own I would like him as much. Except for the horse thing. That was, that fucking cracked me up so much. I don't know why. But, um, yeah, like, I think out of all the vampires, I think Nadja is my favorite because I think, I just think her plots are mo- most interesting. I love that face that she makes where she kind of like wrinkles her nose and bears her fangs yeah. in just like disgust and very, judgment. It's kind of like avian judgment. She's got a really yeah. expressive face. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, but um, out of the entire cast, uh, Guillermo is my is my favorite. But um, if we're just talking about the vampires, it's Nadja. Well, I guess I did preface this by asking which one of the blood sucking fiends do you like the most. But you can even you can also talk about the lackeys of the blood sucking fiends. Uh, I do like Nadja as well. I feel like she had some of her best physical comedy. She, I guess, just goes to show that she's a great actress, given that that's competing with, like, people like Matt Berry, who have been doing this for, like, decades. I haven't really seen her in much. Yeah, Nadia's my favorite. Like, I really like her energy and kind of, like, the delivery and the facial expressions and, like, Mm. uh, I don't know, like, I don't know how to describe it, really, but, yeah, obviously, Laszlo has some very good dialogue and well-delivered dialogue also. Um, I think I talked about this on the Discord earlier, but I sort of felt like I was 
predisposed to dislike Laszlo at first, because I felt like he had that sort of character archetype of being the arrogant asshole, sort of, but, like, he really grew on me, like, he uh, turns out to be kind of surprisingly decent in a lot of ways, and kind of, like, looking after the other characters as well, and sort of defending them, too, and kind of, like, even though... Uh, Sarah, what you talked about, that his like, sexuality and the sort of gross-out comedy is very much on display and upfront. It's sort of like, uh, beneath that there's also some like wholesomeness, I suppose. My, my second favorite character, though, would be Corbin Robertson. <sighs> Corbin yeah, Robertson. I just forgot about Corbin <laughs> True to form. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I love that he's the, he's the, like, dynamically, he would be the equivalent to, um, Peter in the, in the documentary. <laughs> it's just like this, you know, ancient 8,000 year old monstrosity, and then, like, Colin Robinson. <laughs> it's just like the, 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 in the basement. Yeah, yeah. No, Colin Robinson definitely grew on me. At first, I really didn't like him, and I know, and it was like part of it was because I, was like, I know the point is we're not supposed to like him, but I was just like, I really didn't like him. But then they kind of figured out how to write him in a way where it's like, you still don't like him, but he's still entertaining. Because at first it was kind of just like, oh my God, he's so annoying. But now it's like, oh my God, he's so annoying, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely. Upon the character, like, I don't know, a sort of idea of an energy vampire. I think I've kind of heard that thrown around in kind of new agey lingo, kind of like, cut out the energy vampires from your life, like like referring to someone who is like a very kind of, um, I don't know, in real life that's kind of has that effect Basically me. Uh, what, Jack? Are you saying Basically that you're an energy me. vampire? I didn't say it, but I'm close. Well, I don't think you're a nerdy vampire. Just means I'm good at my job. <laughs> Does your forehead swell up huge when you suck people's um energy? Yeah. Speaking about the random study that came out today. What study? I didn't. I didn't read a study. Um, she, the one I posted today this time was um about extracting the film from salt water using a membrane. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't didn't get a chance to read that that study. Is I mean, yeah, kind of the. Or scientific stuff. Do we have least favorite characters? Uh, what's the what's the uh, the the actor that plays the douche in Parks and Recreation, the vampire club owner? Nick Kroll. He's in Parks and Rec. Yeah, I don't think that's. I think wasn't that Nick Kroll? Because I don't. Yeah, think it was Nick Kroll in Rec. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, it's Nick Kroll. He's from uh, Parks and Rec. The league. He was in the league. No, well, I thought he was in Pops and Rec. Okay. Um, I, I just rewatched that, and I we don't. We must, must find out. 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't like oh. him at all. Is he in John Ralphio? Yeah, no, I think you're thinking of the one dude that's in Parks and, um... Uh, yeah, he's like a like a radio host in Parks and Rec. Like, he's called the douche. Oh, yeah, yeah. <gasps> that's okay. right. Oh, oh, he is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Peter for the right. win. I thought you were talking about, like, the main, pla- the main cast, and I was like... <laughs> That was a good poll. I did not remember that at all. Uh, yeah, but yeah, well, right. I just watched yeah, me Parks neither. Rec, like, quite recently. The douche. Do- yeah, 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 yeah the, right. His character in What We Do in the Shadows is quite douchey as well. Yeah. I love it. I didn't, and I, I thought that the episode, the episode where he came back with, like, the one surviving, like, she freaked me that. F out. <laughs> yeah, and then sort of oh, yeah. vampire. Oh my god, yeah. I'm so happy when Guillermo kills her. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> I don't want to look at her anymore. Me too. Me too. Um that one and then the episode where um Guillermo and the vampire hunters go into the the nest that they discover and it's like that there were those were the two moments where I felt like it it transitioned into like really hardcore horror. And I found those moments very kind of like those they really genuinely like, creeped me out. I'm not a horror person <laughs> oh, yeah, at all. One where they're like a family and uh, vampire yeah. kids in the house. And... <laughs> like that, yeah. that episode. Creepy twins. Wiggins. Yeah, so like, it, I don't know. They, that's kind of, that's another component of what I was talking about where like every so often the tone like just hits wrong for me. And I, I felt like, um, I mean, I have a little bit of trouble and I had the same problem with Psych, like where, you know, you're like, oh, this is funny, but also like they're actually straight up murdering people. And I feel like they <laughs> lean into that sometimes where like, the, like in the movie is a good example where she's like, I want to travel and stuff. And then like, oh, she's dead. And it's like, you, I know they build like just a little bit too much sympathy for some of the people. That they... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel I like they, that's sort of like in the movie, movie that's sort of. Uh, felt kind of like sort of mundane horror, especially the way it's shot in the sort of like the dark streets and stuff like that. And there's one one shot where the there's like these two cute vampires and one of yeah. them like strangles someone with the like uh, like a scarf and that looked like like a snuff film or something. Like oh, I just witnessed the murder. <laughs> it's like, yeah, totally. Just, yeah, yeah. I, I found like because I I loved the whole uh, Guillermo is related to Van Helsing plot. Like I thought that was so funny and i loved the like oh sorry is a person trying to enter my room oh uh, we don't or is know. it a cat <laughs> sorry my door just made a bunch of noises i think a cat is trying to get in anyway sorry um no i really loved the whole like he's a vampire slayer and i really liked that when they went to the the um, family house and i actually found the the violence in the the movie to be more uncomfortable and I think it like something about the way that the blood was like depicted in the movie was like really gross to me like Like I don't know yeah and it's like like I can handle that like you know my favorite show is Hannibal like I can handle violence but like something about like especially that scene when like Jackie's like cleaning up all the blood it was (laughs) just like and it's like in this dank like yellow lit basement room yeah definitely nasty <laughs> yeah that's the but um, um viago is like being all nice to his victim and then like yeah <laughs> that it's like the blood fountain spurting everywhere and he's like oh 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 no my clothes <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but like i found in the show like i it was more i don't want to say tasteful but like 
acceptable. Like it was more like even that um scene when they like go ham in the the vampire house, or even though the season uh, the finale of season two, like I was it was a lot less jarring to watch. I think. <laughs> I, I just need Xander is very upset that he feels I was bad mouthing Psych, so I just want to clarify that <laughs> I think Psych is brilliant and hilarious. <laughs> it just causes a similar kind of cognitive dissonance for me no, when something I, is I totally get that. Like where it's so funny, but then also like the the actual murders of actual people are like very realistically depicted. So there's like a oh, yeah, no. yeah, I don't know. So I just I just wanted to <laughs> lest we provoke some kind of you know psych underground fandom like <laughs> I, I love it but um but yeah for like me there is the, like a this is a tv show that you are referencing yeah yeah it's a um a comedy about like a guy who pretends to be a psychic detective but really he's just super observant um and so but he like investigates actual okay. crimes and it's a really funny it's like a really really funny show but it's premised on it, like you Murder you'd probably, yeah, you'd probably enjoy it um, if you enjoy like something like what we do in the shadows. Okay, well, I'll put it on the list of things to check out. So, I guess um, the show opens up with the the uh, sort of like setup that they have this ancient vampire. Baron Afanas, who is coming to stay with them and is expecting them to have conquered the new world. And, like, that is the, sort of, I suppose, the driving plot for the first few episodes, at least. What did you guys think of Baron Afanas? Amazing. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, I was so happy when Guillermo killed him. I was, like, so over it. I really liked his um, his design and like the way he looked and I, his dialogue and personality were cool too. Yeah, I I really appreciated the um, and they set it up this way in fact and when they when they meet him but like the kind of um clash between like old school old world vampire and um. You know the, the like new school. I don't know. I don't, know, I don't even know what you would call the the guys in Staten Island, but um, but yeah, that like he's the you know he's the kind of thing that you would expect to be their power base, and then they then they just kind of like chip away at that, or like you find out the Baron like he's not a Baron. It's just because he couldn't have kids. You know? like, yeah. He's um, he's Baron. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like I don't know. I I loved his fascination with like the stress toy you know and and it was just what i don't know this talisman? <laughs> right <laughs> just put it in your pocket and it is done you know <laughs> but um yeah i i really really enjoyed i really really enjoyed that and i really enjoyed their night out on the town where they have the the drug blood and he's like i need the pizza pie you know and it's i don't know it's just the the whole um contrast for me so. <laughs> yeah they and the sort of like mockumentary cutaway of Nadia at Baron Afanas had a piece of pizza pie and now he's projectile vomiting and flying through the air. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So good. I mean, honestly, I think one of the best jokes in the first season is when uh, that episode when they're out on the night of town and uh, the Baron's like, 
You know, it's one thing I've always wanted to try, and Laszlo's like, coprophilia, and then he just keeps going, and he's like, blah, 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 coprophilia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, if people don't know, is poop play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I almost, like, I would like very much to know how much of the show is scripted, and how much of it is improv because i feel like with the same that could i feel like that could easily have been an unscripted moment and they would have just 100 percent. yeah but i don't know is there any i i didn't realize is is there any indication that the that it's not entirely scripted because i i thought it was all entirely scripted but like i I genuinely don't know i mean i'm i'm no like some of those moments just um, feel so real and like in care, but I mean, it could just be brilliant acting and it's probably a, a very good combination of both, but, um, no, there, um, there is a lot of improv, um, especially cause Jermaine helps, um, like I said, with a lot of the first season. Um, and obviously, you know, if you know his work, flight of the concords and shit, like they do a lot of improv. Um, because I remember even seeing it one interview, um, and it was Nandor's actor. I can't remember his name right now. Um, but he was saying how, like, you know, a, a lot of the actors do uh, improv, and like he would he would come up with a really good improv, and then they ended ended up like not using it or something like that. Cool. Yeah, it does sort of have that kind of. A loose feel a lot of times, and I, and Sarah earlier said that it has a sort of a manic feel. Yeah, that's a, maybe sort of a uh, kind of a consequence of the improv. I mean, props to them. I didn't even realize that it was improv, but um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at it now and, um, apparently, yeah, like they use the, the scripts as a jumping off point, obviously. And like, they're talking about how it can be hard to improv, but then also like work around the special effects, which is a really interesting kind of problem that I wouldn't have thought about. But like, yeah, if you're, you know. Is, is that why he shouts bat? So that like they know that, because <laughs> I was like, now I'm thinking about it. I was like, <laughs> how do you improv? Oh like, automatic like just some scene where it's like oh and now i want to like have a fight as a bat because <laughs> there's oh, no way to... fight yeah you know it's, it's interesting yeah yeah i mean it, it really is um impressively seamless though in, in all the episodes yes no and i and i think it helps build um Builds a reality to it as well, you know. Yeah, like, like it's, it's, sort it's, of a it's not sterile dialogue. Yeah, yeah. There's not. There's no sterility in the dialogue or anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as opposed. But it's. To... I mean, it's amazing to think that we couldn't tell. You know, I mean, I. I don't know. But Parks and Rec was that way too. Like there was. A, there were a lot of moments where like they weren't in the script and. You know, like Chris Pratt or somebody just like went off and they kept it. 
The office is very, I don't, like, I don't want to say obvious, but like you can tell that a lot of it is like, okay, we have an idea for how this is going to go. And then like, now you will play off. Whereas Parks and Rec also seems quite scripted to me, even, even if it is improv, like there's just, a, I don't know how to explain it, but like, maybe, I, I don't, I don't know. But like this, with the mockumentary style, it's really hard. For me. I think my brain just decides like, it doesn't want to think about it at all. <laughs> because no, I, I love I, I get the- what you're saying. I know. I mean, it's also something to do with the camera quality, like the when because Parks and Rec has really high camera quality compared to The Office. Obviously, it came out a couple of years after The Office had started, and you know, like they had a lot more funding. I'm guessing because they had proven the writers were like worked on The Office and whatever. And same with what we do in the shadows. So it's like something about with having like a high production quality to me in my brain like equates less improv. Yeah, I can see what you mean, and. Um, yeah, I feel like that's kind of a difference between the show and the movie as well. Like, uh, kind of it. The movie does also lean more into that sort of mockumentary idea, and there's more references to the camera camera crew. But uh, uh, in the show, I feel like it's almost completely faded into the background, and like maybe like once or twice they kind of like almost tongue in cheek remind the viewer that this is kind of the genre or the framing device that they're using like that everyone's oh my God. when when uh when guillermo is trying to break into the um the opera <laughs> like camera crew is like well how'd you do that and i was like oh yeah this is a mockumentary like this is supposed to be the camera crews our characters actually yeah it's interesting how this has become almost like the a standard standard sort of framing device for sitcom comedy. No, sitcom comedy, no, just just sitcom in recent decades, I suppose. Was it The Office that started this trend? Yeah, that's true, and there's yeah. a lot of shows that are like that. Um, oh, but hi, that's Tanya. like... Hello, hi, Hi. Hi. Sorry, I can't stick around very long, but I'll... I'll... Um, I'll just rave about how I absolutely love the documentary style um, in the in the original film. Um, um, it's it's one of my favorite things about it. And whenever I tell anyone, whenever I try and pitch uh, what we do in the shadows to anyone, I tell them it's a documentary, um, which I feel is fair because it is. Can you speak um, to but, me like yeah. I felt like uh, that the movie had sort of a similarity to the flight of the concords that is that a sort of style of comedy in new zealand where it's kind of like awkward and kind of like a lot of silence and that sort of thing oh yeah i can yeah i can see the parallels there actually yeah because i know you have a history with new zealand um yeah i met jermaine this is is where i get to brag about (laughs) Meeting one of the original Wait, vampires. What? Really? Yeah. Um, because like I was in New Zealand and I just like you know, um, are around there, I guess. And like everyone I met has run into them or something. Because New Zealand is tiny apparently, and everyone <laughs> knows everyone apparently. Yeah, no, I met I met Jermaine at the um, at the New Zealand premiere of the second, I think, second or third Hobbit film, second one, I think. <gasps> That's awesome. Um. Yeah, I was so yeah, beautiful in person. Absolutely, he was magnificent. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was really great. Um, 
um, got a photo with him. Uh, I was I was feeling very awkward. He also seemed a bit awkward. I don't know, but every, everything was a bit awkward. Um, but yeah, but I'm pleased that that happened. <laughs> and uh, uh, how many pints yeah. of blood would you give the movie slash TV show? Um, all of the, what's the maximum? <laughs> so though we found out today that okay. the human body has approximately ten pints of blood in it. Ah, uh, sure. Let's go with ten, then. All of the blood. All of the blood. Yeah. I just really, I just really enjoy. Um, the film more than the show actually but I also really enjoyed the show as well um, but I just I'm just crazy about the film so yeah the, the film does seem smarter but the show is a lot sillier and I like, like the silliness of the show yeah fair enough um, yeah, I feel like the characters guys... are sort of since we get to spend a lot more time with the characters they feel stronger and like the relationships within them in the show are kind of more vibrant I suppose then but I guess a part of the comedy style of the film is like that sort of like being kind of like very mundane as Sarah said earlier yeah that's true and I mean they, they do because it's a film they just have less time to establish all of that right and I also love um, the, 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 the fabulous lady vampires um because I do think the film is lacking women a bit. Um, but yeah. Um, have you guys talked about uh, about Stu? Not really. I no. love uh, Stu. Briefly. I love Stu so much. <laughs> My favorite thing about it is that apparently like the actor didn't even really know what was going on. The actor's name is Stu as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember reading that. Yeah, I think that's that probably contributed to my love of Stu. I just love him so. I think he carries the entire movie. Yeah, he's he's brilliant. He's really brilliant. Yeah, um, really good for the other characters to sort of react to, and I've liked the sort of uh, sort of the plot of them kind of like watching the video of the of the sunrise and stuff like that, and like the oh yeah, kind of like, I'm like I need to do my dark bidding on the internet. <laughs> They're on eBay and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, like that yeah. sort of fish yeah. out of temporal water idea that they, they're like kind of really out of touch touch with the rest of the world and yeah. this is like uh, only exist to feed and don't really know much about life in general. I had actually completely forgotten about that scene, but I recently played um, played a, a game of Vampire the Masquerade with some friends, and we actually ended up having a scene where we basically just like discovered the magic of Google and spent like 20 minutes having our vampires just Google stuff. <laughs> I'd kind of forgotten that that was a thing in the in the film as well. Um, I did really like the way that resurfaced in the show with the um, the email. Like when they got the email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's just like, you know, Don't look, my darling. It's too dangerous. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting sort of um, contrast with um, the familiars, like Jackie and Guillermo, and like how they're sort of powerless and servile to the vampires, but in other ways, like they are in this modern world, they are more powerful than the vampires because they know how stuff works and they're, they're just their masters are just sort of flailing about frantically. Yeah, I do love that aspect, and I think it was um, a super smart choice to 
for the show to move them to Staten Island. Kind of, I mean, they kind of address it with the Baron, um, but just that like the old world coming to the new world in the new age sort of situation because it kind of it gives you a lot more to work with. It does confuse me a bit though because like I think that I think they show pictures and it's also referenced in the in the opening when it's like the eighties and they're all dressed like how people normally would have dressed in the 80s, like, maybe a bit more flamboyant, but, like, I just get so confused where I'm like, how did you go from, like, kind of fitting in, you know, <laughs> with the time, and then, and then, and then it's, like, now it's the modern era, and you've just completely regressed fashion-wise. <laughs> yeah, I guess these are two like contradictory elements. Like, I don't know if it's contradictory, it's just, like, I, I, it, I think about it a lot. <laughs> I feel like they kind of just, it, I don't know, I, I, I had never really consciously thought about that, and now that you raise it, I feel like my brain must have, like, resolved that somehow for me, because, like, I can picture that picture of Nadia where her hair is all teased up and stuff, and, like, I just, I feel like I got the sense that they kind of just stopped giving any fucks, like, they're like, this is how I want to dress, like, this is how I'm going to dress, I don't know, like, yeah, yeah, so I do, I do really yeah, like when... Sorry, when Nandor, like, throws the old coin at the checkout guy, and he's like, dude, you can't just be throwing ancient coins at me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it just seems like there's a lot of unwillingness on their part to to keep up with with things changing. Um, Yeah, because he does have the jersey, like, the basketball jersey, right? So, like, they clearly, like, could do it if they wanted to, and then they're just like, you know what, fuck it. Like, I just want to wear my nice coat. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that's sort of, like, they just, they were trying harder for a while, and now they're just like, whatever. Like, but, uh, wasn't that right. uh, jersey, wasn't he wearing that uh, when they ran out of their other clothes, and it was like something? Uh, I ran out of clean clothes. Yeah. I don't know, I'm not sure. But they still owned it, right? They have to own it in the first place. Oh, that's so. true. Though. Yeah. Maybe it was like Yermos or something. Oh, it could be. But yeah, I mean, humans do that as well. Like we, like just in 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 real life, right? Like we tend to be quite resistant to to change, and we just sort of selectively decide which changes we like and which ones we don't. And I guess if vampires are around for so much longer, they probably do the same thing in a more extreme way. Uh, yeah, I've heard that people say that uh, most people sort of get stuck with the music taste they had when they were in their 20s or something like that, that it doesn't really change as they get older. I guess that would be an example. And I kind of think of it too as like like a certain part, like you reach a certain age and like the way you dress, you're like, yeah, I'm just going to wear this and this every day and that's it. So, like, that's kind of how I think of it, you know. Yeah, I sort of found my style and not going to change it ever. Yeah. Plus, it must, be, it must be exhausting trying to keep up with fashion for, you know, hundreds if not thousands of years. <laughs> yeah. I guess um, another plot that we could talk about would be uh, Guillermo's aspiration to become a vampire and the challenges he faces in that quest. What do you guys think of this this plot in this show? 
I guess that very much mirrors the film with the with the lady familiar. Uh, I name, sorry. Yeah. Um, right, because that's sort of her whole thing as well. I did think it was interesting that they um, they kind of hung a lantern on the fact that it was a question of representation in media. Like, I, I just thought that was a really interesting moment where, you know, it's not just that he wants to be a vampire, it's that he saw Antonio Banderas, and that was like the first, you know, Hispanic vampire. And he was like, oh, I, I, I could... I love that. Yeah, right? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I think it's such a, especially because historically speaking like the vampire genre has been so like masculine and and like white european right that like i don't know it was a it was a very fleeting moment in a lot of ways but i think it was also like kind of a very interesting and and like important one just to kind of say hey you know like i I just love guillermo so i love i love his plot line like I think he it just I think it makes him so compelling because it's like he's just doing all this work getting no respect and all he wants is to be and then like can I you perhaps what, relate what, to him in a little bit in some ways <laughs> maybe but it's like when um oh, what is her I don't remember the character's name but um I think the actress is called Beanie Feldstein she's Jonah Hill's sister um I forget her name she's oh, in yeah, Nadia Spawn yeah but like when she gets turned into the vampire and he's like are you fucking kidding me? Like this random girl you just met and you're like, Oh, I felt bad for her. So I'm just going to turn her into a vampire. I don't know. I just parallel Gear- with Nick in the movie as well. Yeah. Like Guillermo is just so easy to root for, I feel like. And so I just really like him. And so it's because it's just like, you know, he does all like at the end of season two, when he, when he gets his one day off a week, and like I'm like, you know what? I'm so proud of him. Uh, yeah. Just like, Oh, I, I love him. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely like a the underdog, like intense underdog in many ways. But like, also he lures people there to get murdered. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I right. don't know. Like, there's that's the same kind of like cognitive dissonance that I was talking about before. I'm like, oh, like he's so sweet and he's so you know like lovable and like also. But, like he murders his best friend. Like. Yeah. Or yeah. I don't remember if that guy dies or not, but like he's like, oh, he's my friend, but yeah, I feel like they're my a, master. There's like a mm, definite shift in, t- uh, in terms of Guillermo. Like in the first episodes of season one, there's, they're definitely playing him up as duplicitous and kind of like ruthless, and much like Jackie in the film, but like. Uh, especially in the second season, they're focusing more on Guillermo's sort of uh, slayer, slayer plotline, and I feel like I'm sort of his angst about being torn between these two worlds, and like uh, I feel like he doesn't do many morally reprehensible things after those first few episodes. Mhm. Yeah, I just his, his infiltration of the LARP group, I thought was just like. Wow, like that's a you know, and it, and again, it's I mean it's, that's the function of the genre, and like that's what, but also like there, that was kind of what I was saying about how they they put like just a just a little bit too much investment in some of the people that they eat. So you're like, <laughs> oh, you know, like I, I don't I don't really want to like know what these people's interests are. I don't know. It, it's yeah, it, that's it's in the movie think, when they're yeah, uh, like yeah. with Nick and his girlfriend. At the dinner table, that was so painful. Yeah. Like just like the awkwardness of having dinner with someone who's 
like or a guru dentist like the added bonus of them murdering them at the end like, yeah. knowing what's about yeah to see like i i feel like the whole like larp thing like i don't know for me like i wasn't as like icked out by it because it's part of the joke is that mm-hmm. like you know it's like we do like because like well in the and I can't, I, I get the movie and the show confused with it because I literally just finished both of them yesterday. Um, but just like we get these like things where they're like, oh, um, you know, they really don't want virgins. And so I just think it's like, like, and I, it's just funny to me. Like it's part of the joke is like, oh, like where can we find virgins? Oh, all the LARPers, they have to be virgins. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, no, I mean, I, I, like I get it, but I also, I kind of enjoy the discomfort a little bit just because I think that it is um, a kind of a challenge to another like presupposition that we have about the vampire genre where there are these like small folk or like background characters or whatever where like, like on Buffy, for example, you know, I mean, there was like, there were high schoolers getting eaten like on the regular, but they weren't ever the main characters, you know? So like you have this, arm's length like distance from it especially when the vampires are the protagonists um and it's <laughs> and it's um like i don't know it, it's a it's a little bit of a twist uh, to that or a little bit of a challenge to that without being overly um yeah they don't really like on this show they don't try to kind of whitewash the like murder and stuff it's just kind of like it's just swept on not even swept under the rug it's it's like it's a fact of life and it's like yeah and but i don't know we still kind of root for these guys and like them and think they're funny and everything but yeah. well they they still they're still sympathetic like the whole the whole larping thing is like nadia when she turns what is her name jenna is that the character or is that her name in booksmart honestly don't remember I don't know, uh, when I she wrote down nadia's fresh new baby yeah, when I she turns it, Beanie yeah. Feldstein into a vampire, it's because she's, like, gonna eat her, and then she tre- sees that she's basically treated like shit because she's a woman. And yeah. so it's like, oh, we find, like, the vampires do have, like, some form of, like, sympathetic side towards their victims, and, like, they kind of pick and choose, you know, like, who they actually care about. But it is it is interesting. Like, same with, with Stu in the movie. Like, they could just fucking eat him, yeah, but they just like, like him. Yeah, in a way. It's like... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, no, I was I was just gonna say um, two things on on that. I think part of it is because it is coming from like this is it's a baby of a baby from Jermaine and Taika. And Taika Waititi specifically does do this, like, this really, uh, uh, like, a very uncomfortable comedy where you're laughing, but you're, you're also like, uh, why am I laughing? Kind of thing. Um, you're laughing with then, the group. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, especially uh, with uh, Jojo yeah. Lava. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then like, also, if, yeah, yeah. With what we do in the shadows specifically, um, and I was trying to find the names and I couldn't because my internet's being dumb. But um, the main writers for the TV show are both women and one of them is um, a black woman, too. So, like, they're able to use that awkward comedy, Taika and Jermaine, 
are known for while like also addressing things without being in your face. So like how Naja was going to eat, eat her, but ended up turning her to a vampire. Um, because you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I really like that yeah, line of Nadia turning the girl into a vampire, like Dandy way that she is trying to rationalize it like <laughs> I don't remember what exactly she says but like oh, I'm feeling kind of kind of I think I have flu or something like I'm just having this craving for blood and <laughs> like feeling really thirsty like yeah that's awesome oh man or when they try to take her in the ambulance and she's like no I'm fine I, I do really appreciate media that offers that kind of unexpected challenge or like even even like almost like a subconscious kind of counter messaging where like, I don't know, messaging even makes it sound too sort of pedantic or too, too um, like agenda driven. But I, I do think that there's a level of um, sort of meta sophistication to the show that like you definitely don't get at first, but it's still kind of, it filters in, I think. And I, I really appreciate that. Like, you know, you'd be like, Oh, it's a, it's an episode about like a hat made from a witch's asshole, but like also, you know, <laughs> like representation <laughs> in media and like the gray areas of morality and like, you know, what it takes to survive when nature is red in tooth and claw, you know, I mean, like it's, it's fascinating to me that like there's, <laughs> there's so many no, like, I, layered. I, I definitely, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that so much. Cause it's like, I, I feel like with especially comedies, like it's really hard Sorry if you can hear my neighbors, they're shouting. Um, it's really hard to find the, the line between, um, hitting you over the head with like, we are, tr- like I, like I found this, this was my problem with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like I think that show is so funny, but I couldn't watch it in long bursts because at the end of every episode they have to be like, and this was the lesson we learned today about why, you know, like homophobia is bad or like something. Whereas like, cause like with comedies, it is hard to kind of find the line. Yeah, between, like with South um, Park. You know, I learned something today. The moral <laughs> yes. of the story at the end. But that's like part of the joke in South Park, though, is with when you know Kyle gives the moral and they and everything. But like, it's yeah, hard like to it's find a this line. Satire of being preachy, yeah. so it kind of gets away but, with it, I guess. Yeah, but like in shows like Brooklyn Nine Nine or even like Park, maybe not Parks and Rec. I can't really think they really do that. But Parks and Rec doesn't really address a lot of things, which is funny because it's also about politics. But anyways. Um, like Parks and Rec is just fucking wholesome, like, yeah. all the time. Yeah, but it's like, they <laughs> have to hit you kind of over the head with, like, this message of, like, okay, and, like, this is what we learned, whereas, like, in this show, the, it's everything, you, you can, it doesn't seem like there's an agenda, which I like, because it's, like, it's, like, oh, I see, I like, yeah, like, I, I, I really appreciate that, like... that that you have Nadja as, like, a woman living in the house, you know, because, like, in the movie, you know, there's there's no women and stuff, and it's, like, they never really address the fact that, like, Nadja is the only woman in the house, but, like, we get this, this, she has interesting plot lines, you know, there's nothing, and, like, the, you know, the whole thing with, um, her baby vampire, you know, it's, like, she kind of is, like, oh, the, I want you to be, like, a strong, powerful woman, but it's, it's not, you're not being hit over the head with, like, oh, and, like, you know, women representation is important, and sex isn't bad, you know, it, it's yeah, very, it, it doesn't taste like medicine, yeah. like, maybe, yeah, it's natural, like, it's, some it's of very the natural, of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like, I yeah. didn't, Overall, get that feeling from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but now that you mention it, I do remember that one episode where Terry is like stopped by a by a cop and sort of uh, because he's black, and that kind of was maybe a little preachy episode, kind of like a very special episode on Brooklyn mm-hmm. Nine-Nine. 
I just was thinking of the one where um, Rosa comes out as like bisexual, and I don't know for some reason, like I I don't, but I haven't watched that show in so long. But I just remember there was like so many episodes where I would just be like, at the end they'd be like, and we learned this lesson, and I'm like, yes, I understand that that was the lesson we learned. You don't need to remind me. The whole episode was about it. I think one of the ways like that the last... Go ahead, sir. I think one of the ways that um, what we do in the shadows accomplishes that balance is that the vampires don't learn a fucking thing ever. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like they, <laughs> yeah. they like go the last, through these last scenarios. Scene of season two. Yeah. Just like completely ignorant. Like, yeah. Um, so it's, you know, we're seeing it and we're kind of like, huh, that's a really interesting context, but like they themselves are so blissfully um, like unaware. From, I don't know. It, yeah. Yeah, we don't, Guillermo, we don't care what your fucking name is. We need you to do our laundry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where it's like you know, there's these there's these things that they're part of, but you know, it's like it's like watching a nature documentary and like expecting the lion to give a shit about global warming. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like this penguin is really metaphor, but okay. <laughs> So, what about some of the other blood li- blood lines? No, blood lines um, in the show. I think blood lines is what? more appropriate. <laughs> oh, by the way, Tanya, what bloodline of vampire do you play in your role playing game? Oh, um, uh. Not a very memorable one, apparently. No, that one was that one was last year. I'm a I'm a um. What are the crazy ones? That's one. Malkavian. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. But in the current one, that's suspended at the moment. I'm I'm Malkavian, but that's a different one. That's not the one with the googling. Um, I'm Malkavian, who's like who's got sort of the um the opposite of um uh quixotism and uh, like doesn't believe in anything supernatural so she also doesn't like believe or realize she's a vampire oh that's fun i I feel like there's a tv tropes trope called flat earth atheist for that like a character living in a fantasy world that doesn't believe in any of the fantasy elements like uh, that definitely can be fun so yeah i'm quite enjoying that and the other characters are like super suspicious of my character because i have no idea like what what my character's agenda is, but there isn't really an agenda. She just doesn't believe in vampires, despite being. um, So, uh, kind of a scene a bit like that in the what we do in the Shadows movie when the paramedics are sort of like trying to explain the werewolves as like, oh, like must be on PCP or something, or like 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 they just sort of like they seem so blind to the supernatural supernatural stuff going around them. Oh my God, that dog that they were like. Look what you did! <laughs> it's just like a little dog, like wagging its tail. It's like, <laughs> like everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, in the in the googling one, I was a, uh, um, I was a Bucha, I think. Are those the ones that can't do like? Yeah, the anarchists. Oh, La Sangma. I can't remember the ones that can't like use technology. So I had to do someone else do my googling. Okay. Um. I know way less about the system than I should for having played it quite a bit over the last year. <laughs> anyway. One plotline in the show that I'm 
very unimpressive with is the um, Nadja's ghost that like they put in the doll. Yeah, I felt like that could have been so much better than it. Yeah, it just didn't go anywhere. And then is is the doll dead now? Like, is she? Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think didn't the doll get destroyed? Last episode, like telling Guillermo that they went to the opera. I think. But like, didn't she get destroyed or something? Or maybe. No, I don't think she got destroyed. Oh, or like, I, I don't know. But I just feel like they didn't go anywhere with that. And maybe maybe season three they will. But it was just kind of like a. I don't know, it's just like... Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the ghost episode, and uh, kind of like, they put... Except for John. Oh, for John. <laughs> but no, the, the ghost That's episode the actually gave John. me flash, flashbacks to that South Park episode, the um, Grapes of Wrath parody episode, where they lose the internet, and um, at the very end, that episode is so funny, but I can't watch it, because at the very end, <laughs> he gets porn back, and... He's like, oh, it was a spooky ghost, and like the whole thing with Laszlo, and I was just, I could not stop thinking about that scene in South Park, and it's just so gross. I hated it so much. Ugh, the, the ectoplasm. Oh. Yeah. Quote unquote. Yes. Yeah, I guess like they put the put Nadia's ghost in the doll to sort of like make it cheaper on the budget, but. Yeah, it was. What? I mean, I think, I think, yeah, like, I think part of the reason, or I suspect part of the reason that we're all sort of feeling that way about it is that a lot of the, like, gender dynamics and the, the sort of, um, subconscious, uh, or, or sort of subtextual reactions and things like that that we get from Nadia, or Nadia's, like, um, in reaction to the, the kind of, like, dick measuring that goes on in the house, for lack of a better characterization, like, um, I, I think a lot of that became explicit. It was just, it wasn't subtext anymore, it was just text, like, yeah, between her and the doll. Like, they're talking about, like, Nandor sacking Nadia's village, and the ghost is, like, a lot of toxic masculinity in the Ottoman Empire, which I yeah. thought was a really funny line, but yeah. It's well, like, yeah, but I mean, it's like, yeah, that, that kind of, like, yeah, the, the meta text becoming, or the subtext becoming text, I think, was like, it just, it felt a little bit too obvious, I guess. I don't know, especially because that was like most of their conversations were like, these boys are dumb. And I'm just like, well, yeah, duh, but like, <laughs> I guess yeah, I kind of see, I didn't mind that. Yeah. No, I didn't mind that because it felt like to me it was like she just kind of wanted to have someone to have a bitch fest with, which was like fine, but it was just, I was like, then, a and then she's like, oh, but you should, I was like, oh, but content. you should stick around. <laughs> but they're like you should stick around and so and I was just kind of like but she hasn't done anything it's just more I just feel like I would have been satisfied if then they like did their unfinished business and she moved on because like now there's like she just shows up in every couple episodes and I'm like what do you what is your purpose like what are you what are you doing here what are you yeah. for yeah I honestly I, I honestly felt like she was a very obvious setup for this next upcoming season, especially with Guillermo's um, plot lines going forward. Uh, what yeah, that's do you what think I hope. That, uh, the doll is setting up? Xander. Well, I don't know, because we, we never learned um, Nadja's unfinished business, did we? Was that just to accomplish something? Like, just to make something of herself, or... Well, well, yeah, her doll was bitching at her about that, but or her ghost was... Um, but I don't think we learned specifically what it was, you know. 
think it was pretty easy for the other two. One was to reconnect with this horse. One was to just get off. Um, but I don't think we That's... learned her like exactly what yeah, this was. was. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was purposely vague, but like I also thought it was um, her unfinished business was the fact that she has had so much time and not done anything. So it was like she could, uh, but like. I, I do hope that the doll comes into play the next season because otherwise it will be like a a, a bad Chekhov's gun or whatever you know like they just had this doll and it yeah red herring there we go like you know it just never never went anywhere but a red herring throws you off and it's like this is just kind of right now it just seems like it feels like a setup and it won't pay off and, and, and it's like like I could say the same thing about when um at the end of season one when you find out that um when Guillermo does the DNA testing, but like that was at the very end of the season when it's like kind of revealed that he has the Van Helsing blood. Whereas like this doll has been in season two since quite early on in the season and just not done anything. <laughs> yep, yeah, I feel like it's uh might end up being sort of a dropped bloodline in season three or it might be setting something up, but yeah, I don't know. Like maybe they just wanted to sort of have the actress sort of bounce off of herself or whatever. Like have fun with that. Or I don't know how that happened, but hmm. uh, what did you guys think about the sort of uh, plot line of Guillermo being a Van Helsing and uh, having these vampire slayer tendencies? Deliciously ironic. I thought it was a clever right, way to shift the... Yeah, go ahead. No, I loved it. Like, I also quite liked how the irony of him protecting vampires by killing vampires and having to hide it. And, like, just, like, him hiding it behind a coffin while he's killing a vampire. Or in the bathroom. Yeah. When he drops out the little... Yeah. Oh, grab more water. Drink more water. Yeah, that was. I thought it was a good line. I thought it was a really clever way to um, change up the power dynamic because I I feel like if he had continued to be just someone hoping to be immortalized, like that would have gotten a little bit stale. I think so. I, I think the idea that like he's in some ways actually more powerful than they are is a very interesting um, switch. A very I interesting do yeah, I do yeah. think that yeah. it would have gotten old really fast if it was just two seasons of Guillermo just wanting to become a vampire and not get not being made into a vampire because they obviously can't maybe make that mm-hmm. that they have to keep us sort of hanging there. But yeah, I, I, I do have to say that it did kind of break my suspension of disbelief how easily Guillermo was able to kill all these vampires, like, without any effort almost, like, it was just uh, instinctual and his reflexes and sort of doing it by accident, like, yeah, I guess, like, this I is a comedy like show, really? and silly, but... He's got the I thought, I thought, it's, it's Yeah, I thought it worked for that, the, uh, the whole mythos is, you know, it's, it's in his DNA. Yeah, but I mean, I I do think that he should have to do some training to be able to do that. <laughs> I don't know. I was I thought that's part of the joke. Buffy didn't. Like, he's just so he's so good at it. Like um like when he goes to the the mosquito meeting and he like 
is like, oh, we should practice some more. And then he just shoots everything with the crossbow. It's like, it's just part of the joke. Like, I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I, it's not a very, I, the show doesn't take itself very seriously overall. But yeah, I don't know. Well, because I see it as like um, the chosen one trope, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But he's a reluctant chosen one. Is there any significance unfortunate to his, one. Uh, the reveal of his last name as De La Cruz, other than just meaning of the cross? Like, is that a reference to some other work of vampire fiction? I didn't, I didn't even make the connection that that it means of the cross. Yeah, I think that's just like a funny. But yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I think that's more again back to the writers being women and POC is just. Being able to use, um, you know, like, uh, what is, what was it called? Like Mexican, um, Spanish superstition or Spanish oh. superstition? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just like that. Um, I thought Everybody's it was just kind Mexican. of like an. It ended. It was like a a wrap up of the joke when they're like, his last name is Guillermo. And then it's like, okay, now we just get the last name, and then Guillermo, we can Guillermo. move on. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I didn't even realize that De La Cruz means of the cross. <laughs> so, like, I, that that to me is, like, the, the end of the joke is, like, okay, now we have his last name. And even funnier, his last name is a reference to Christianity. Yeah, like, I guess kind of reminds me of the some offhand jokes in earlier episodes where Guillermo says something like fingers crossed and, and Nandor is like, ah, don't do that. Yeah, I guess the cross thing is a thing in this this world. And um Well that's in the in the movie, all the all the camera crew have to wear rosaries or whatever to protect themselves. <laughs> yeah, was there holy water at some point or when the vampire hunter broke into the basement they were like gagging until they covered up the crucifix that he was carrying um like when he do you know what I'm talking about yep when Peter died yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. they were like ah cover it ah you know and then yeah they were fine but yeah I I guess this world vampires are sort of like have all those classic classic vampire tropes and weaknesses yeah, I do think it's interesting um, that, like, it, I, I feel like we talked about this on Vampire Cast, but I can't remember. But, like, everything um, is related to Christianity. And I'm wondering, because, and I'm wondering if that's just because it's, it, that's, like, the common, you know, it's like they can't go too much into vampire lore. Being like, okay, and so in this culture, vampires are believed to have, to have this weekend. So, and so it's like, okay, everyone, you know, is in the United States, which is, like, where the show takes place and the main viewership can acknowledge, like, okay, we know these things about vampires, you know, like, Christianity is, like, you know, like, crosses and holy water are bad for them, so, like, we're just kind of going to go off of those tropes, but I am wondering if, um, is, is there other, no, like, did we talk about this in Vampire Cast, where it's, like, other known, like, common weaknesses of vampires that don't, outside of, like, the European canon, I guess? I think with the Chinese hopping vampires, there's something about counting, that you can sort of like, uh, like throw some dice at them or something, and they will stop to count, so you can sort of escape them that way. Oh yeah, that's oh that's thing. that's the um, throwing salt too, isn't it? Isn't that the 
the thought behind throwing salt is that if you scatter something, whatever it is, we'll stop and count all of the grains or all of the. Oh, that's no. interesting. I thought, I thought we threw salt because it would burn them like slugs. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought as well. <laughs> no, oh no, I thought it was like a distraction. Well, no, if you spill it, it's because you're, well, like, okay. I've taught my kids that you give something to fairies because like, if you spill it, you have to, it's like, you know, pouring some out for the, like you have to, you have to make up for the fact that you've wasted the resource. But I thought there was, I thought there was like a counting, like a compulsive counting oh, aspect to it. I thought as well, it was where... sort of a repellent. Maybe because salt was so valuable earlier on that, like, mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen some stories where you would draw like a pentagram or a warding circle with salt, sort of like, yeah. to ward off uh, creatures. Yeah, that's a big deal in supernatural. It's like that salt is a barrier, but like if you if you throw it over your shoulder, I thought it was expiatory, but may, maybe not. You know, I'm gonna Google it now because maybe I've just been pissing the fairies off. Even expiatory? More, but... What does that mean? Uh, like you're paying a debt. Like you're. Um, oh, okay. Like, These uh, are some you're... big brain words, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like you're giving like you're giving a little bit back to like make up for. Mm, interesting. I have to Google that because I feel like I. I suppose the counting is a thing in Western vampire canon as well. In Sesame Street, you have the count who is always counting. But I thought that was just because it's a pun and not because it's like a vampire law thing. Yeah, I was being slightly Me too. facetious. Like because of Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh <my> God. <laughs> 857,000 grains of salt! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I find it funny that vampires are just really into maths, I guess. What nerds. I do want to know, how old are all of the characters supposed to be? Because I thought Laszlo was only, like, a couple hundred, like, two or three hundred years old. But then, like, there was a reference to, like, it being, like, five hundred years ago when they were, like, writing all those songs or whatever. I think they, like, purposely make it vague. Because that's Um, also an issue I've had trying to figure it out. I have the Vicky open here and it says that Nadia is over 700 years old and Laszlo is at least 300 years old. And uh, what about the other ones? I think Nandor? Nandor, who is from the Ottoman Empire. Because I think... That confused me too, because I didn't think the Ottoman Empire has been around that long and I thought Nandor was supposed to be like over a century old and I could be getting my history wrong, but I thought the Ottoman Empire didn't show up until like... Yeah, well, into the the 1300s days. until the 1923. How long it lasted? Well, I know but, it, ended, um, it but... started in Anatolia. They didn't take Constantinople until 1451. Yeah. And then um, yeah. Colin Robinson. I have no idea how old he's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, like 45. Yeah, I think it's part. I think that's, part <laughs> that's, that's real mystery, isn't it? 100%. I feel like that's part of the joke. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I think like it would the, be like, interesting if they tie him to like office culture, so like he's about um, seventy to match with um, the fifties development of office culture. I think that yeah, like he's the he's the original incarnation of the cubicle. <laughs> like, I like, yeah, I like the idea that like he's like um like at least a thousand years old, 
and like I just like I have like that's my like headcanon because I just find that very funny except for the fact that he has like a very very midwestern accent I, I like so this it's not possible line from Colin Robinson when he's like yeah I'm not entirely sure what my deal is either <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah, but, but I mean, people's accents change over time. Yeah, but but I do think like part of the like I do think it is quite funny that like he everything about him is very vague. Yeah, like, but if he was around a thousand years ago, what would he have been up to during those times? Like maybe a priest just droning on in church and drinking. Yeah, surely they have always or whatever people who have that kind of property of just like draining energy like surely that's not an office exclusive <laughs> thing. I feel like if someone oh. knew Canterbury Tales better than I do they would be able to point to like that character on the pilgrimage <laughs> like, like oh he's clearly oh, just yeah. Oh, yeah, you know? <laughs> it's been so long since I had to read that <laughs> yeah the only, I, the only sure story I be. remember is the one that taught me what cuckold meant oh yeah that's a good one is that the one where one of the characters accidentally kisses another character's backside? I think so. No, I think the cuckold one, it's the Miller's Wife, right? That's the... the, that's tale, the yeah. The Miller's yeah. Tale. The really filthy. The Miller's Tale, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, apparently, just to kind of circle back to the counting thing, because I am now completely obsessed with it, um, apparently, yeah, like Count von Count on Sesame Street actually was inspired by old European folklore that suggested vampires were compulsive counters. And so it comes from European belief that vampires are compelled to count spilled seeds or grains, and they would actually leave like poppy or millet seed on their graves so that they would be stuck there counting. So some Slavic coastal towns also believe that vampires would count the holes in a fishing net. So like, oh, I love it. What? It makes the parrot so much smarter from... than I... I know! Thinking. I had no idea. That's awesome. So I guess with, like, a lot of vampires... Like, I was absolutely obsessed with vampires when I was way too young to read everything out there. Um, but, um, but a lot of the... Like, yeah. A lot of the vampire myths, like, definitely you can sort of see how they, how they originate and they sort of make, make sense in their own way. Um... Uh, but like that one, I can't place that one at all. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like it is. What kind of like? Uh, if there's something that would make people be very sort of pay a lot of attention to, maybe like if someone is on Adderall or something, they'll count all the beans in their like bean can or something like that. I don't know. I've heard stories like that. intense focus but um also though something that I, I i get is the reason that the uh the super old vampires like uh like peter in the movie and uh, the baron in the show are they so fucked up looking just because they're so old or is it like is there some reason that they they don't look like people anymore yeah i mean the older vampires always have more um I don't know. I feel like it's not quite an evolution, but like they just a they corruption, start. maybe. Yeah, they shed yeah. more of their human disguise, I suppose. Maybe, yeah. Or they just more yeah, they just... and kind of like uh... yeah. Yeah, I guess like um, 
with the one we mentioned, the uh, the club owner played by the douche had that one sort of very pale sort of sewer creature vampire who didn't speak at all. That Guillermo mm-hmm. ended up killing. That 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 vampire was also really fucked up looking. So I don't know if that was an ancient vampire or not. I thought she was fucked up looking because something like happened between the first time that we met Nick Kroll and his crew and like the second time. Yeah, was it not because of the club fire? Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought was why she was so fucked up looking. Yeah, I thought it was the fire. Oh yeah, that could have been. I don't. She I'm not entirely sure in the canon of the show, like what are the regenerative capabilities of vampires? Because usually they do have a sort of enhanced regeneration um, passive to them. Um, so there is one side character slash familiar we didn't talk about. And that is... Hi-Fi! Oh, God. That's uh, Haley Joel Osmond, isn't it? Cause I... Yes, and I love that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't entirely remember the character. Yeah, is that when they had the second familiar, or like when um, Nadja and Razzle got a new familiar? So like um, 12 familiar? Yeah, that's, yeah. Is is that who you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, Haley Haley Joel Osment's character. I don't remember his name, but. I was so mad when they brought him back from the dead because I thought he was going to become a recurring character, and then I was so happy when he didn't. (laughs) Because he was so annoying. Okay, I just found a quiz that you can find out what character you are on What We Do in the Shadows based on your Meyer Briggs personality type, and I really feel like we should all pause and take it. <laughs> is this a BuzzFeed quiz, or is it... Uh, yeah. It is a Screen Rant quiz, apparently. I'm already I'm, opposed to all Meyer Briggs stuff, so I'm not going to do that. I'm pretty <laughs> Also, I got it even a few minutes, so... Oh, you have to already good. know your... Oh, man. Alright, well, oh, fine. No. It's not really. Cool. Gotta go actually hang out with my cousins. Right, well, well, I know what my well. Myers Briggs type is, so I can tell you real quick which character I am. One second. What was your what What was yours? Because I think we were the same. I'm an INFJ. I literally don't even understand. Uh, I think mine had an I in it. <laughs> yeah, I just remember like we all did this Wait. at some point during quarantine because quarantine and. We were like all the identical, <laughs> which was either a function of, of the test or, yeah, like just a very self selective box kind of dynamic. <laughs> like, either okay, way, according like, oh. to this quiz, I'm Peter. Yeah, same, like, I think. Oh, Peter confusing. doesn't have a personality, so I'm like, I, I mean, oh, I think that these me. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Peter with a Y doesn't have a personality. Oh, there we go. <laughs> the tire. Stop. Oh, Pataya. <laughs> oh, Okay, well, Tanya, thanks for joining. If you get a go, go soon, but enjoy hanging out with your cousins, and thanks for joining now. Oh, yeah, yeah sorry, I was late, and I'm leaving early. I'm not good at this. 
<laughs> also, I was wrong about when I need to hang out with my cousins, which is why I stayed longer than I thought I could. Um, I'm just not on top of things today. But anyway, no, you, it was you don't have to, to maybe you, you don't have to, but I was just wanted no, to. No, no, I do actually have to leave. But like, I, <laughs> okay. I thought, I thought, I thought, um, we we start we were gonna start hanging out like an hour ago. <laughs> Um, but it actually, it actually only started like 10 minutes ago, so it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, it was lovely talking to everyone. Uh, talk to you soon, hopefully. Cool. Bye-bye. Cool, cool, cool. Bye. Bat! What? Bat! But, but, but... Isn't it like feeling, judging... Um, in my, I'm probably gonna cut this out, but yeah, with the letters in the Myers Briggs, it's like, like, uh, like the J is judging, I think. Judging, yeah. Um, I don't remember what like the counterparts are to the ones that I have. So like, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. I know people. I think N is like na- natural, and S might be like spiritual or something, or like. Something like that, but I could be completely wrong. Yeah, <laughs> In- I, intuition, spelled oh, with intuition. an N. There's intuition. like this uh, sort of poster with all the all the possible combinations and these sort of colorful characters in there, and I think I was like the scientist or something. It was called. Mm. It was a lady with a vial of blue liquid. But I don't know. As you do. <laughs> As Google Myers scientists do. Okay. Ah, okay. I see that. I see what you're talking about now. There's, oh, apparently I'm the advocate. <laughs> but I want to know like, what the letters stand for. I was like, like a diplomat or something. Like, is that a, is that one? Um. I think that's one of the green ones. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think okay, these I are kind of like, yeah. kind of like horoscopes. I think someone okay, said. Wait, so it's, but, yeah, the, the be, five personality uh, one is a little bit, a little bit more scientific, I guess. But it's still okay, so yeah. Okay, so the letter combinations are extrovert versus introvert, sensing yeah. versus intuition, thinking versus feeling, and judging versus perceiving. Yeah. Oh, the director is ESTJ. Is that what you were saying you were, Sarah? No, diplomat. Oh, the diplomat. I don't see a dip- diplomat. I mean, I'm looking at on verywellmind.com. So. I think the diplomats is like a umbrella here. I think I might have been the E as TJ. Yeah, I don't know. I oh, remember just being a personality type. Advocates, mediators, and protagonists. Mm-hmm. I think I'm I a mediator. Yeah, I just know what my Myers-Briggs is because when I was a young child on Tumblr, it was like in fashion to like have your Myers-Briggs thing as part of your bio. So. Oh, you're joking. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason I know what it is. Proudest identity. <laughs> this is the weirdest sidebar we've ever gone on. That's oh, that's uh, <laughs> Pisces or whatever horoscope you are. Um, I meant I Aries with a... With, oh, I used to know what my moon was. I forget now. <laughs> I think I I used to know it. Cause <laughs> I see you do. Yeah your ass energy status or whatever the hell that thing you keep posting is like the the woman that you're following on Facebook. Oh like, yeah, my friend's mom. Like <laughs> oh my god, she's energy crazy. that airs out your yeah. butthole or something you're like <laughs> Yeah with the, the, the toxins. 
yeah. the Galactic Council is opening a portal to suck the energy out of the Earth. <laughs> I think I'm mixing it up with that That's article. That's so posted about like <laughs> sunbathing your butthole or something as a way to like reset your chakras. Like, oh, I remember like some years ago I was having lunch in a Nepalese restaurant and I overheard from another table like two people talking about whales and one of them said like, "Oh, there's so much wisdom condensed in the whales." And I was like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that sounded so new agey and hokey to that's me. Where that's where the um, the perfume comes from. Oh, uh, aubergine. Yeah. No, no. The, no that's oh, an ambergris. 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was like, aubergine is just eggplant. <laughs> I thought oh. you said ovaltine. Close enough. <laughs> ovaltine is universal truth in a delicious drink form. We don't have that here. Oh, Voltine or Universal Truth? I guess we are <laughs> filthy heretics here. What is Ovaltine? Is that instant hot chocolate? It's, yeah, it's like, uh, I think it's chocolate malted milk, specifically. Because okay. I'm like, it sounds familiar, yeah. but I don't remember yeah. what it is. But okay. It's yeah, like it's Nestle Quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, powder, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, when I was a kid, I used to eat the powder. Oh, I'll be. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be there as well. I would just take a spoon and eat the powder. I mean, I, whatever. I used to eat bowls of breadcrumbs, so like I'm not even gonna, you know. But oh, nice. Well, yeah, only the Italian ones. All their, like, so in the store, they had like these um, snack size, like little bags of Ben and Jerry's cookie dough, like like as like oh. The, oh. from the cookie oh, dough ice cream, just yeah. like the. Just the cookie there's, dough. That was like yeah, awesome. there's, there's, um, there's this ice cream place by me, and they you can just get like a container of cookie dough, and it's so good, so good. Yeah, that's that's my favorite Ben and Jerry's, and uh, usually I usually like eat it in Funky Monkey or Chunky Monkey, but good. they don't sell it in Canada. It makes me so sad. Junky I used to really like the white the white Russian, but they don't sell that anymore. Yeah, so I just good. like I like anything banana flavored, and so. <laughs> They don't sell that in Canada. <laughs> the banana is a pretty, isn't it? Like very easy flavor to make, like these sort of candy. Yeah. Like I remember yeah. watching Stargate show where they were stranded on a on a ship and they were able to make banana flavoring with <laughs> simple um, chemical tools. Or uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember reading something about like why banana flavoring tastes the way it does because like it has a very distinct flavor. But I don't remember any of the reasoning. I just know that on Halloween, I always got all the banana Laffy Taffies because nobody else wanted them. So I would be like, yeah, you can take my other candy. Like, if you give me your banana Laffy Taffies. <laughs> yeah, it's, I it's was a good the queen. combo with chocolate as well. <laughs> I did I did not eat the Tang powder, you monster. But I really do. I don't know what that is. Once in a while, like, what is uh, that? That's, that's, a, that's the one. Yeah, it's the powdered drink. It's like Kool-Aid that they took to space. So it's like. It's the orangutan. It's the orangutan. <laughs> yeah, it's like if, um, it's like Kool Aid and Gatorade had a baby. I feel like. Okay. 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 Oh, but before. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I used to I used to eat sugar butter sandwiches. Not mm, sandwiches. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what they call. Um, oh, they call so those like fairy 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 sandwiches or fairy, fairy bread. Fairy bread is sprinkles right? and cream cheese, butter. right? No, is it, it's is it sprinkles it, and butter? 
it's sprinkles and butter on bread, which is just yeah. sugar and butter on bread. Yeah. I don't know like why that's so disgusting See, to me, but if the I've butter was melted was somehow and it was like more processed into some sort of pastry, I would be totally fine with it. But well, just like thinking like See, cold yeah. butter and I used sugar to do... is like ugh. It's a texture. I used to do yeah. buttered toasts with um, cinnamon sugar. <gasps> oh, cinnamon I love sugar toast. Cinnamon oh. sugar. It's so good. That's oh, like, that's I such a. That for breakfast all the time. That's such a like '80s childhood thing, Xander. I feel like. No, I my mom used to make that for me for breakfast sometimes with my eggs. Oh. All right. My parents were also really weird about breakfast foods, though. Like, I used to. I was not allowed to have sugary cereal, so I used to go to the Walgreens by my house after school and buy Lucky Charms and hide them under my bed. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. <That's amazing. laughs> See, that's why, like. My kids can eat whatever the fuck they want to eat because, like, that's just going to happen. You know, like, I, I heard a story about a girl who, like, wasn't allowed to have, uh, like, Cheetos or something as a kid. And then she went on a road trip with, like, her friend's family and she a bag of Cheetos and she was sick for, like, days. And I'm like, oh, my God, this girl that I know um, who I went to Poland with, she grew up on a commune in northern Ontario. And when she went Please to college, right? she went. OK, so, yeah, so they weren't allowed to have sugar on this con- or like, candy on this commune and on. Um, she it was it's really funny this place but um so when she went to university in um waterloo they um she tried like candy for the first time and she like literally she was like first of all she went as like a piece of candy for halloween she was like it was the best thing of my life and she was like <laughs> yeah. i ate so much candy she's she like i threw God. up but she yeah was, like, right she, like she was like yeah. she's like when she goes home she brings candy and all the little kids that like live on this commune are like like following her around so like, she'll give it to them <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, I don't know, like, probably some sort of discipline with treats is good, but yeah, maybe that's going to happen, like, if something's forbidden, it becomes a forbidden fruit, then it, like, becomes a... Yeah, well, it's the same thing with it. drinking. Like, my parents were never against letting me have wine or beer in high school, because, like, yeah, then I wasn't an insane person in college, and, like, even even in going to college in Canada, where the drinking age is 18 in Quebec, like people still go crazy, and I'm like, yeah. you've been able to drink for like a year. <laughs> Calm yourself. Yeah. yeah, I think my parents bought my first like booze when I was like 16, like, and I we were having a first of May, uh, going out on first of May with some friends, and I just asked if they would get me some beers, and they did. So it's like kind of. My brother, my brother um, left his fake ID at home once when he was um, <laughs> going for college, and my parents shipped it to him. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> oh my god. That's some G shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, well, my parents went to school, um, like, grew up in the same area that I grew up in, and so, like, they, everyone went to the same college, like, University of Illinois, and we'll be, like, at the grocery store, and my mom will be like, oh, hey, that's my sorority sister who I used to borrow her ID. Because, like, they would just, you just put all the, everyone's IDs in the basket, and then when you go out to the bar, you just grab one that kind of looks like you. <laughs> and my mom will be like, yeah, that girl, I used to borrow her ID. Oh, oh renegades. God. See, I never needed a fake ID because it was super, super easy to get on Southside bars underage. Yeah, I never bothered with one because I was like, I would only need it for the summer because then I would be at school <laughs> during the year. So I was like, I'm not spending $400 on something that I'm going to use for like a month. $400? That is I don't know pricey. how much a fake ID costs. Holy F. I never, had a, I never had a $400. I was like, I did get interrogated at um, a liquor store in Ontario a couple months ago because um, I have a Quebec driver's license. And the, I guess Quebec is like where everyone gets their fake IDs from in Canada. <laughs> and he was like talking. So he was like, 
asked me some questions and I was like, dude, I don't, he was trying to talk to me in French. And I was like, dude, I am American. I don't speak French. Like I just, I hate talking to people in French when I'm not prepared. And he was like, oh, I just was asking. Cause like, like these, this is where everyone gets their fake IDs from. And like, I always speak in French cause then they're like, don't speak French. And I was like, well, Quebec has an Anglophone population. And he was like, okay, I believe that you're from Quebec. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, my roommate is a historic Anglophone. So <laughs> So if you so if you ever get like challenged on anything, just yell Quebec has an anglophone. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> you'll get off the, like, under any. Circumstances. I am actually concerned that when I go to Georgia that there won't they won't take my ID because it's in French. Everything is in French, and so I've like have like they prepared a spiel in my brain in fr- like to speak in French, being like, "Hi, this is a real ID." Also, I will say this all in French so you believe me. <laughs> oh, they've planned it ahead quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping to get a Georgia's Georgia driver's yeah, license eventually. <laughs> but I think you have to live there for a certain amount of time before you can like be like, a resident. Does Georgia have like uh, any any other language that speak in Northern Um, I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> Like, I don't every know time this, I call this, this I'm, not, I'm not from I get the country. option for Spanish. I get well, the option for Spanish every time I call the school um, to ask about like my financial aid, and they'll be like, "Press one for Spanish." Like, oh wow! I mean, it's been a long time since I've been asked to press one for Spanish. Usually, it's press nine for English. Otherwise, they'll speak to me in French. <laughs> so it's uh, is it Louisiana? That has, like, yeah, Louisiana. Yeah, 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 Louisiana's yeah. got the Cajun yeah. population, but um, Georgia's right next to Louisiana, actually, but uh. <laughs> It's Georgia. It's Georgia, yeah. Uh, which one is True Blood set in? Louisiana. Louisiana, yeah. Yeah. Vampire Bale. Vampire Bale. Fuck okay. it. Oh yeah, that's actually we've gone a little bit off topic here, but <laughs> but yeah, the Vampire Queen of Louisiana shows up in what we do in the shadows. That's true. Evan Rachel Wood. That's right. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and I'm not sure what, uh, because Tilda Swinton was like the the leader of the Vampire Council, but I'm not sure what vampire media she's from. She's Tilda Swinton, I'm pretty sure. Doesn't I she think just she show up just as is. Tilda Swinton? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. The council was her, her as, as Tilda. The council was her idea. I read, and Kate Blanchett wanted to cameo, and they told her no because she'd never played a vampire. Oh. <laughs> When did Tilda Swinton play a vampire? Wasn't wasn't Tilda Swinton um, in the Underworld series? Hmm. I've not seen those, I don't think. Was every actor that showed up in that council, was it because they'd all played vampires before? I did not make that connection. Yeah. 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 That's why Pee Wee Herman was there. Yep. What was he in? Was he in Buffy or something? Yeah, yeah, the movie, yeah, yeah. Okay, and he's uh, he's uh, from some sort of children's show, I believe. Pee Wee's Playhouse. That is not something that we have here. Apparently, she. Yeah, Pee-wee, I got a cherry. Pee-wee's Playhouse is just so such a fucking terrifying part of my childhood. Um, apparently, she was a vampire in a movie called Only Lovers Left Alive. Okay. Oh, that's what it was. I remember that now. Yeah, and it was, in uh, that scene, it was any... sort of, kind of interesting as well to have the guys from the movie show up as well, kind of bridging of the two worlds. Like uh, we talked earlier about how 
we could kind of map out these characters as sort of replacements of the ones in a movie, but like the sort of like having them be part of the same world was kind of cool. Apparently yeah, I liked when um I liked when he showed up again at the end of season two. Um, I I felt like uh, if it had just planet. been like yeah, if it had just been like a one-off thing, I would like it still would have been like oh cute little cameo, but like just having it more anytime like there's an instance for a cameo that can happen and it happens like more than once. I just like, I don't, it makes me feel like happy. I don't know why. I just like, I feel like more thought and love was put into it. And consistency <laughs> and sort of like believable, not just a cameo. Yeah. Cause like, I don't know. My mind jumps to like Brad Pitt doing a cameo in friends and like friends always having this character show up. That's what just like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> just like random celebrities doing, that were like a long lost cousin or something. Yeah, yeah, it feels less like a stunt if it's if it's a recurring like it feels less like stunt casting. Yeah. Okay. He was just awful in that episode. Just awful. Yeah, he was like um I think his character was that he was formerly like fat and then he had lost all the weight and he was like Monica's fat friend or something and like then there was yeah I, I, I think it was something with Rachel because like they were well, married yeah, at the time. Had... We hate Rachel Club. Yeah they found they founded the We Hate Rachel Club and they started the um rumor that she had a teeny weeny. Um Okay. Well that's but... you guys really know your friends lore. <laughs> yeah. Gotta say I'm impressed. But his delivery in that episode is just, like I'm always struck by it when I watch it. Like it's just it's so stilted and like I, I don't know. He's just yeah. It's a friend's show moment. that you just sort of put on or watch it or since you oh, said yeah. that whenever I watch it. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I've watched it. Like, uh, it's sort of like comfort food for a lot of people, I feel like. Yeah, it's definitely my like background rewatch, and the way it is, I think like the office is for a lot of people, which it definitely isn't for me. But now Friends is my. My go-to. For my roommate, it's the friend, it's Friends and The Office. So the only time <laughs> I've ever seen Friends is when she's watching it in the background. Or one time I was getting my nails done and they were playing it. So I saw the wedding episode where Chandler marries someone in Europe. Yes. No. That's the thing that ha- no. No. Ross no? marries someone in Europe. Okay. Sorry. I don't know Rachel who is Channel, that's when Chandler sleeps with Monica for the first time. Is at Ross's yeah, wedding. and Phoebe was pregnant with like eight babies. Yeah, three. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. So um, <laughs> we've been going for over two hours now. So does anyone have anything <laughs> else not to talking about the show anywhere at all? <laughs> anything, anything else to say about what we do in the shadows? Matt Barry is amazing, and I'll fight everybody. <laughs> I'm not I mean he's not a bad actor. I just like if if No, I, I mean to... his character sucks for sure. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. I'm glad we're like all like, yeah, no, if, like nothing if is, it because... wasn't for Nadja, he'd be irredeemable. Agreed. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. so Thanks. I'm glad we're like all on the same page. Because it's not like I don't think the actor is good. I just do <laughs> characters out of the entire cast, if I had to pick my least favorite character, it would be Laszlo. Yeah, same. For sure. He's still daddy though, so. Say <laughs> no, I am pillaging everyone the same. I will say I really fucking I lost my. I lost my. 
I lost my shit at the um, open mic when they started singing Kokomo. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, what the fuck? How do they know the words? <laughs> Pretty good. I think I think my favorite Nadia line, and we say it we say it around my house a lot, just like randomly, is the no nuns. So I have a sign that will say no nuns, none, no nuns, <laughs> no nuns, no nuns, no nuns, none. And there would be no nuns. Okay, I think that's a that's a good note to end on. And this episode also had no nuns in it. None. No. <laughs> uh, so, thank you for joining me for this episode of Vassals of King's Grave on what we do in the shadows. And in the future, there will be other episodes of the Vassals of King's Grave. I believe there is a Fire and Blood reread coming up and some more creature chats as well I think we're gonna do demons next and 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 yeah maybe snowpiercer but probably the demon creature chat first I still need to watch season two of snowpiercer and I might want to do a podcast on colors as well but I'm not sure about that yet Colors? As in, like, colors of the, like, visible spectrum? Yeah, colors. I like colors. I'd like to talk about them. Okay. Oh, there's yeah. a really That's good cool. 99%. Like one, yeah. No, there's a really good 99% Invisible, um, I think it's 99% Invisible, like, mini-series on colors, and, like, how we got all the different um, dyes. It's really interesting. I'll see if I can find it, but cool. would recommend yeah, Mikhail so. also pointed at um, um, Link's uh, pretty good um, History Hacks episode on the history of colours that you can find on the history chat. No, they have a history. Cool. I just like them because they are sort of like... They're a big part of the way I perceive the world, so I kind of like them. And they're good for categorization and just, just sort of general enjoyment of life. Yeah, uh, and how do we? How do you know that the that the lead you see is the same as the lead I see? And how no would we discover if it was different? What? Yep. So that might be a fun fun thing to talk about. So <laughs> yeah, that 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 is it. I do believe so. Yeah. Thanks for the. Thank you. <laughs> oh, but wait, wait, wait! I want to hear. I want to hear the dog voices. Oh, all right. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. So Eva's voice sounds like this. She talks to my children all the time because they're little girls, and she likes to chase rabbits, but only if they come into yard. She will not chase them if they are outside. Um, and uh, Jasper sounds like this. He is a southern gentleman. And he enjoys playing with string and his snake. And he does not like to go outside when his paws will get wet because he does not care for that. So. <laughs> oh, that's great. We will have entire conversations. Um, they will have conversations with each other. Um, why not? What is? It was sort of know, like I a panel. 
Yeah, I she's like a pan Ava. European, like it shifts yeah, a little bit sometimes. I don't look at Ava and I'm like, yes, this husky is definitely has a German accent. It is a little okay. bit, it gets a bit Russian. Sometimes it's a little bit French, which is kind of a problem. But uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That just sounds like how they talk in Tucson, Arizona. She is well traveled. <laughs> she does not like none. No, none. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will say that was a pretty good episode when Laszlo became, um, I don't um, even remember his alter ego. Jackie name. Daytona, the human <laughs> <Yeah>. bartender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that was like jeans and a toothpick. Just like, fuck hell. It oh was a very God, Perry Mark the Platypus, like, yeah. It's a platypus in a hat. Oh, totally. It's Perry the Platypus. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that's All my dog. All you need is a pair of jeans and toothpick, and you're the salt mm-hmm. of the earth. Oh, okay. I love your dog voices, though. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, thanks. They, yeah, they, I, I can still do uh, Puck Piper and Toby's, too, but they're not with us anymore, so they're a little bit rustier, but... Uh. So, do, um, I believe there was some discussion on whether this was something that people do with their pets, <laughs> and if it is, in fact, normal or abnormal to do this, and what is the consensus? I'm willing normal. to it. I think everyone I mean, probably no. talks to their dogs in a different voice, like there's the yeah. infant direct speech for babies. And... The only time I would give an animal a voice is I used to have Samoyeds, and so I don't know if you've ever heard, but like Samoyeds do this like weird talky thing where they go like, yeah. If my dog did that, I would be like, I would pretend that he was talking in like a voice and be like, Hello, my name is Juno. Da, da, da. But like that was about it, and then I would just do it back. Or like most of the time, though, it was just him going, woo, 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 and then I would go, woo, 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 and then we would just talk back and forth. And I don't know what you're we saying, but uh, that that was like that's the most like voice I've given. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit concerned because my kids will now say something to one of the dogs and then wait for an answer. And then, like, if, if, especially if Nick, like, if he doesn't, if Jasper doesn't answer him or something, he's like, Jasper. And then he'll say it again until I respond. And I'm like, you know, that's, you know, that's not really him, though, right? Like, I don't know. Blurring the lines a little bit there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day they'll learn it like Santa. Maybe. <gasps> All right. Well, anyway, so that was me. Cool. <laughs> that was cool, cool, cool. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, this was fun. I was a little, a little yeah, this worried because I, uh, it's been a few weeks since I watched that show and it wasn't very fresh in my memory. But thankfully, all you guys were here to keep it up, and uh, we managed to talk about things. Sometimes even what we do in the shadows. <laughs> You can you can cut out the occasional awkward silence. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, it was good motivation for me to actually finish the show because I'm really bad about finishing shows. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to season three. We should do like a a catch up. Yeah, Yeah, like when it's closer, do a predictions episode or something. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. I feel like I never know what's going to happen. I look like it's always so random. Dude, especially with this show. 
Mm-hmm, yeah, for sure. it, it does do a good job of keeping yeah. you guessing. Like, I mean, whose money was on Come Stealing Witches, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a pretty classic oh witch activity. That's, uh... that's true, that is true, <laughs> yeah. Okay. What are the best magic lines? Zandor has dark hair. He's with him too. And he just looks at the camera. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fucking go that whole scene when, he, <laughs> when she turns into Nadia. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh my god. What do you think I look like? That doesn't even look like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I gotta go. Yeah, I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah. Thanks, this is a fun Bye. Fight. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. See ya.